We play and call it work. Mini Wargamer Dave here from MiniWargaming.com. Welcome, Wargamers, to the Shrine of Chaos. If you guys have not joined me before in the Shrine of Chaos, this is what a Shrine of Chaos is. Basically, we discuss all things chaos. And if you collect Tau, you're not welcome in the Shrine of Chaos. I know it sounds like it's harsh, but it's truth. And corn respects truth, especially when there's honor in it, especially when it's close combat, especially when there are skulls on the battlefield and you get to collect them after you've killed all those dead bodies and it is ridiculously awesome and fun. This is all, of course, on the miniature tabletop landscape. Don't mean this for real because that's ridiculous and unacceptable. But <clears throat> when you're fighting Tau, it's okay to fry some fish on the skillets of your barbecue pan plates. <clears throat> so, a couple things. First things first, there is a Blood Warriors giveaway that I already did on Instagram. And I did it on Instagram because of the 888 followers that surpassed the amount of followers on Instagram on the new Mini Wargamer Dave Instagram page. Uh, so I recommend that if you are on Instagram, you go there to follow because uh, lots of stuff is posted on the daily, multiple things a day. Here's a question for you guys off the top of my head. Name this weapon. For those of you who are listening afterwards and don't actually see what I'm putting at the screen, it's uh, three, two, one. Can you name it? It's a turbo laser destructor. That's what it is. And why? Because I'll be discussing my experience fielding this guy, not just the gun, but the actually the guy that the gun is on, the Warlord Titan, the massive model that was painted up by my good friend Jordan that was assembled by a good man named Nate. I uh, met him at uh, Nova because he also had a Warlord Titan there. And I was so inspired by it. I said, hey, man, what can I do to get one of these on my own? The kind that you have. Because the kind that he had was LED, wired up, lit up. And that's what I wanted. I, I just saw it. I said, hey, hey dude, what, what can I do, man? Did you name it. It's yours. I want it. So here it is. This is actually close to a couple years later. It's a big project. Uh, having a Warlord Titan is no small feat because they are all registered and you are given a certificate of authenticity when you get one of these guys because there are only a certain amount of them in the world floating around. They are not in the thousands, I don't think. I think they might be in the hundreds. I could be wrong. I, I, I could be wrong. I know that it's few. It's It's not very many compared to the other amounts of models that you can get at your regular store all the time. So that's pretty cool. So later on in the show, I'll be discussing my first time experience playing the new Warhammer 40,000 Apocalypse because it was fun. And there's a lot of details and there's a lot of things to discuss about. It's not as simple as I played Apocalypse. It was fun. There's a lot of details. So there's that. I'm also going to be giving some details regarding some of the campaigns that are coming up. And I have some cool um, eye candy picks to show you as well. Because of, you know, again, fun factor. I think it's a, it's a good thing to do. And going to be planning out the fall. Uh, I think it's about time that we plan what's going to happen in the fall because things are approaching and things are coming quick. And I think that's, that's going to be extremely exciting. So there's that. And then also I want to ask you guys a few questions. I'll interact with you guys just to show you um, that there is interaction in the Eye of Terror today. And it will happen. It'll happen with you. So here's a question. Can you see me and can you hear me? As long as those two questions are answered, then we can continue very quickly. I uh, only seen two of those. 
Okay. Oh, but I think you're referring to the Warlord Titan. I think that's what it is. So if that is what it is, then yes. And yes, and yes. And so we're going to continue now. All right. First things first. Next week, I'm going to be giving away these guys. Chaos Space Marines. A squad of Chaos Space Marines. And uh, I'll be doing it live on the Shrine of Chaos. I'll make a post, actually, on... You know what? You know what? Just just for fun, just for fun, we're going to do this. Okay, I've never actually done this before. I am going to post here on Instagram, on the Instagram page. Okay, you guys ready for it? And uh, boom, 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 boom. And uh, it's at the bunker. Okay, very good. Going to tag the picture. You got to tag the picture. It's important that you tag it. All right, all right. No, no. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, tagging it. And if, if you guys are listening afterwards and you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm actually just posting on Instagram as we speak because, uh, so you got to make a comment you got to comment chaos space Marines to enter the draw to win these guys. All right. Yeah, look at this. And you know what? I'm also going to hashtag Chaos Space Marines. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Here we go. Boom, boom. So I've saved it. Now it's got to be on Instagram. That's the thing. That's the important thing. I'm also going to post on a on the uh, Mini Wargamer Dave Facebook page, but I'll just do it. I'll just post it on there anyway. So that's what you got to do. Now, if you're not on Instagram, I suggest you get on Instagram. And so this is what I'm going to do for you guys that are watching the show right now live. I am going to share. There we go. I'm going to share it in the chat because why can't I do it? Here we go. Yeah, it's good to share it in chat. I'm going to put a block of uh, texts there so that you can click on it. And what you have to do is click on the post. Click on the specific post that I have made for that and just comment chaos space rings. That's all you got to do. Uh, and as long as you do that, you will be entered to win. Now I am going to do it next week, next shrine of chaos, but I figured I'd post it now in this shrine of chaos. So you guys can get like your, get it in there. Just get your first chance of getting it in, get it out of the way. And then I'll announce the winner next week. I, th I think that's a good practice for it to do. Oh yeah. And if you guys aren't, if you aren't followers, I encourage you to follow. Uh, on the Instagram, just just because, because s stuff is fun and stuff is posted all the time here. This is kind of like this is a common. It's not exactly a personal Instagram, and it's not exactly a work Instagram. It's kind of the in between area. It's the in between where I just post whatever I chaotically feel like, whenever I chaotically feel like, and if I want it to be part of mini wargaming, I can. And if I wanted to include my flesh hound Ruby when she's eating apples of corn and her fried devilfish, then I can as well. So it doesn't really matter. It's all part of the same thing. And that's the idea is that it's this uh, kind of like separate thing. That's it's kind of like when I made the Rangers movie, it wasn't mini wargaming proper, but I made it part of mini wargaming because I just wanted to make it part of mini wargaming. And so that, it's kind of like that. Although this is more related just because everything that I post here has everything to do with the games that I play and the campaigns that I 
participate in and just fun factor all around. That's my logic. If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. But if it does, then it does. Then it's all good. So thank you. Thank you for following and thank you for posting and thank you for commenting. I'm looking at there. So it looks like there's 12 people that have commented so far. Perfect. All right. If you want to win these, now that's next week. All right. Now, now to get down to brass tacks here, okay, to just describe what has happened in the last day. So I actually did something aside from playing Apocalypse, the new Warhammer 40k Apocalypse, aside from doing that, I did something that I have, haven't done in years, and that is writing an article. I wrote an article about my experience on playing Apocalypse. I haven't done that in years. Since Mini Wargaming was a blog, we started off as a blog. Then we had a gaming online store and a forum, but we started off as a WordPress blog at the very beginning, 12 years ago. For those of you who have been with us since the beginning, if you remember that, then you remember that. But I remember writing articles. I haven't done that in a very long time, years. I want to say close to a decade. Um, but I, I wrote an article because, you know what, I realized something. I realized that a lot of the content that we consume and that I personally consume is in article format. And I thought, you know what? Maybe we should bring these back. Maybe it would be good to do that. What do you guys think? You, the viewers, and you, the listeners who are listening afterwards. What do you guys think? Do you think it would be good if we did that? We could do a combination of, well, we're not going to discontinue posting videos because that's what we do primarily. 99% of everything that we post uh, is videos or related to videos, but doing articles with pictures associated with the articles because that's what I did. And I'm not going to post the article yet just because the video that I made that associates with the article hasn't been edited yet, but it will be very soon, very shortly. And so what I thought I would do is share with you that article, but not really share the article. I would just kind of tell you what the article is and kind of share it at the same time. Uh, before I post it, uh, just so you can kind of get a first look, first listen to it. So here it goes. For those of you who are listening and watching, this is my first experience playing Warhammer 40k Apocalypse. Yeah, okay. So here it is. I've been itching to learn and play the updated version of Apocalypse since its release. I finally had the chance to do it yesterday. I even attempted to film a battle report. I say attempted because I didn't finish filming my game. I'll explain why later. After spending a good hour reading through the rules and the subtle and not-so-subtle nuances that differ from regular Warhammer 40k, I began to create my army. There are some similarities, but at the same time, there are some major differences that take a regular referral to and memorization to play a game. Differences like my squad of Chaos Space Marines have a 6-up save. Another one being, your attacks have two profiles, one for fighting infantry and one for fighting tanks. Most guns are good at one or the other. It's rare that weapons are good at both, and when they are, they're usually super expensive, but for good reason. A major difference is the use of D12s. These 12-sided dice are used to make wound rolls and saving throws against small blast markers. The differences go on and on. They're not necessarily bad, but just take some getting used to. One of the best things about Apocalypse is the alternate activation of detachments comprised of one or more units. At the beginning of each turn, my opponent Duncan and I, Duncan happened to be my opponent yesterday, would roll for initiative. 
and this would determine who would activate their detachments first. I enjoyed this aspect of the game as we never felt it took too long to do something fun again. Because of this, the game turns feel quicker. Giving orders to detachments felt satisfying, as I would need to anticipate what Duncan was going to do before he did it. After the initiative phase, it was the orders phase. This was where we'd secretly give our detachments one of three possible orders represented by slick game tokens. Here are the orders for those wondering. Advance. You can move and shoot or attack in close combat. This seems to be the most versatile, but uh, the, it doesn't provide any bonuses to shooting or melee, but it gives you options for both. Aimed fire. So this one, you get plus one to hit rolls for shooting attacks, but cannot move or attack in the close combat phase or in the, uh, the attack phase or in the action phase, which happens to be everything. Uh, this was fantastic for Deffy as he normally shoots on fours, but he was shooting at threes. Or the assault, the, the assault order. So you can move up to double your movement and attack in close combat if you're in base to base with an enemy unit. But if you do this, you can't make shooting attacks. So there's one of three possible things that you can do. This doesn't benefit everything, for example, like uh, giving the aimed fire order to a unit with Bliss Skill 2+, plus, it has no benefit. Uh, so you got to pick and choose carefully. So back to building my army. My ultimate goal was to field my brand spanking new Warlord Titan. Just by his lonesome, he's 232 power level when equipped with his turbo laser destructors and plasma annihilator, plus his other stock weapons. And to put things into perspective, compared to a regular game of Warhammer 40k, this would be close to 6,000 points. In fact, it is 6,000 points. This being the case, I wanted to add more to my army to flesh out my forces. So I proceeded to add Abaddon because I wanted to make him my war master. Oh yeah, war masters are a thing in Apocalypse. It's basically the equivalent of a warlord in 40k, only it sounds more epic. Then I added three 20-man squads of Chaos Space Marines. Abaddon and the Chaos Marines were a battalion detachment. Oh yeah, by the way, the detachments are different in Apocalypse. They're not comprised the exact same way. For example, for the battalion, three troops. Um, or Spearhead, it's only three heavy supports. You don't need an HQ in that case. You can add it still, but it's not required. It's not one of the requirements. Uh, I then added a spearhead attachment of three defilers and a lower discordant for good measure. I mentioned the aim fire order before, adding plus one to hit rolls and making shooting attacks. Couple this with the lower discordant six inches away from my defilers, and they're shooting their battle cannons on two plus. It's a dream scenario, so I had to do it. Next up, another spearhead detachment of three three-man obliterator squads with a chaos lord and terminator armor to help with rerolling ones. That's nine obliterators. Oh, and by the way, their flesh metal guns were really good at shooting both infantry and tanks. It's like a five up for both. Um, after this, I felt I needed some air support, so three bale flaming helldrakes were added as an air wing detachment. As I grabbed the flyers, I saw my Warhound Titan on my shelf and remembered I hadn't fielded him in over six months. To the army, he was added. I then added three Lords of Skulls because Corn would definitely want this. And, uh, that train of thought, I added another two greater brass scorpions. That was the last of it, I swear. In the end, I had a power level rating of 664. That's, that's what's the points equivalent to that in a regular game of 40k? It's close to 20,000. It's like 18,000, maybe 17, maybe 16,000. It's around there. It's around that many thousands of points. It's a massive game with a massive amount of models. And you know what? Just, just, just for fun, 
because you guys who are watching right now, watching live, I'm going to show you a picture. Yeah, here we go. So here's a picture that I took yesterday of the battle. Okay, this is the chaos side that you see mostly there. Uh, here's another shot. So what you see in this shot are Lords of Skulls, the Hell Drakes. You see the Chaos Marines out front, and you see the Defilers. And I wanted to do it in groups of three. Here we have the legs of the Warlord Titan standing next to the Brass Scorpions of Corn. And here we have a top-down view from the top of the Warlord Titan because it was fun. And here we have another angle of the battle because I was fighting Tyranids. So here we have, we have some, um, let's see, uh, what are they called? Come on, the big guys that give birth. They're called the Turvigons. There you go. Oh, yeah, by the way, there was a allied detachment of some Tau models, the Taunar and two Storm Surges, I think. Yeah, so that's what it was. Okay, so now this was Apocalypse. Not just one Warlord Titan, although that might be a fun scenario to play in the future, but a proper Apocalypse apocalypse-sized force that's what i wanted to do that's what i wanted to play so i was certainly overzealous to say the least thinking i could film a banter bat rep of this battle in six hours also considering the fact that i had just learned the rules and was constantly referring to the data cards of each unit since the stats were unique to apocalypse adding another element of time we played on a six by eight table so walking around the table took longer to film and when you add all uh, when you add all those extra steps when filming at the end of the day, it equates to minutes, possibly an hour or more. I didn't want to, I didn't have the option of leaving our models set up since we were playing in the mini wargaming bunker tournament hall and it's open to the public at night. So I didn't want to leave this guy out there just sitting on the tables or, or heck, even the rest of the models I wanted to, I needed to clean up. So I only had until five. Uh, plus I was scheduled to play somebody today. Uh, so all these factors made it impossible for the film, for the battle to be filmed in its entirety. Unfortunately, it wasn't a full battle. It was only two turns. But that two turns was enough for me to experience the game and to have impressions and thoughts on everything about the game, such as the mechanics and the, the orders and the turns and the differences. And so at 4 o'clock, I decided to call it and have a brief discussion video of the experience and impressions of the game. So I actually go into a lot more detail in the video itself, which is being edited. I'm going to throw it in the vault and then this article will link to the video in the vault. So here are my takeaways. Okay. Overall, Warhammer 40k Apocalypse is fun. I had fun while I was playing it. Alternating detachments in the action phase doesn't allow for boredom or watching your opponent play the game as he wipes you off the table type of scenario. Before you know it, it's your turn to activate one of your detachments again. I love this aspect of the game and wish traditional 40k used the same mechanic. I will say this. I will project that thought into the universe and hope that it's picked up by the rules creators at Games Workshop because I think it was it felt awesome knowing that I got to go again right away and that if things got shot at or uh, potentially damage, I, I knew that I could do something with the unit before it was killed. That was very satisfying because I knew that, uh, you know, they, they could actually make use of themselves before they're just wiped off the table into oblivion. Because there's nothing worse than in a game of 40K when you're playing and your opponent gets turn one and he wipes off a quarter of your army and there's nothing you can do about it. So that's that 
because of this mechanic, it eliminates that possibility and just makes it more fun. Orders are a treat to give, especially because timing is key and anticipating your opponent's moves are, the, are very rewarding when you're right or preventing certain actions from happening because of choosing certain priority detachments to activate over others is extremely gratifying. So because we did that in secret, we would actually place all of our orders face down. There are little, little tokens that you get, and we would do that per detachment. Every unit in a detachment has to do the same order, but your army is comprised of multiple detachments, as I described earlier. That was satisfying because you only activate one detachment at a time. And so you can choose which deta detachment you activate, but normally I found that because I got turn two twice in a row, I found that I had the advantage having turn two because I was able to react to what he activated first and I was able to make good use of it. And I found it, I found it very fun doing that. Um, so I will say this though, because, because everything is alternating, there's, it's not 100% good I found anyway because of time and bookkeeping. So here, here's what I, what I mean by that. Alternating saving throws, alternating damage, and alternating morale tests aren't necessary provided you alternate super heavies first and alternate commanders last. Now commanders are basically, they're like mini warlords per detachment. Every detachment has a commander and that could be a one model unit or it could be a unit unit. It just has to be nominated as a detachment and it's the, it's the unit with the highest leadership. So I, and they have, they're done last. You got to rectify those guys last because they have special aura abilities that might help other guys around them, such as morale tests are auto-passed. Uh, and so this bogs down the game quite a bit. So I suggest using a house rule that does it in a way in which you actually do it all at the same time. So all other alternating saving damage and morale tests can be done one player at a time and at the same time for efficiency and time's sake. So how it is in the game right now is because there's different phases, there are initiative phase where you figure out who's going to go first, and then there's the orders phase, and then there's the mm, saving phase and morale phase and damage phase. So you do all this stuff all in a row, but when you do the later ones, you do them in alternating fashion. And because you alternate going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and then you do the same thing again, but with damage, uh, it, it just feels as though, unless it's a super heavy, because super heavies can possibly explode and hurt guys around them, or unless it's a commander where they give buffs to people. So you want to definitely rectify those last because if they die, then they don't give buffs to people and that might make it so guys have to make morale tests whereas they wouldn't have to if they were still alive. Doing everything at the same time helps to speed that up. And doing it all across the board in your own army and then doing the same thing for your opponent, it, I felt it didn't make a difference except for it was more efficient and it saved time. So for the actual action phase, the action phase being the one where you activate your detachments and shoot at each other or attack each other, that makes sense to go back and forth alternating. But all the other stuff doesn't make as much sense. It doesn't, it, does, it feels like it bogs the game down. It doesn't feel like it's uh, quick and fun like it should be how the action phase is. That was my takeaway from that. So, uh, 
Rolling d12s for saving throws is fun because it feels like it's harder to lose wounds. This may not be statistically accurate, especially considering the varying differences in saving throws, but the feeling remains the same. It's fun to roll d12s. For example, my Chaos Space Marines had a 6-up save as opposed to the 3-up save that you would see in a regular game of 40k, but in Apocalypse, when you're rolling saving throws, you do that according to the type of blast damage you have received throughout the action phase. There are two different types of blast. There's a small blast and a large blast. So if you have a large blast token on you, you roll a d6. If you have a small blast token on you, you roll a d12 for your save. So if something is a large blast on you and your save is six up and you roll a d6, and on a six, you make a save. But if it's a small blast on you, you roll a d12 and you make a save on a six plus. So that makes a bit of a difference and also feels like it's fun because it's you have all this extra room to move. And now that I think about the numbers, it's weaker than a three up save in, I see, I don't know the math. I, it just feels like it's weaker because it feels like it's 50-50. It feels like it's like one in six chance or it's 50-50 versus the three up save that you would get, which is two thirds of the time. See, it, it feels like it's, a, that's a better save. I don't know. It could be totally wrong or it could be totally right. I don't know. It feels like you actually die easier in Apocalypse. That might be true because it is Apocalypse. What do you guys think of that? Do you think that's true? I think that's true. Anyway, back to the article. Apocalypse favors shooty armies over melee armies. This remains to be true for both regular 40k and Apocalypse. I noticed a lot of my opponent's turn was spent activating his detachments only to have them assault and advance up the board whilst I shot at his units from a distance. Although this was fun at the time, it isn't my preferred playstyle, but I felt as though I didn't really have any other viable options. Needless to say, Korn was still pleased with the offering of dead bodies. So that is actually very true. I mean, for for the orders, uh, I'll just say this because you'll, you'll see it in the video later on anyway, and it's not like the game was recorded in its entirety all to the very end. We actually stopped the game half th halfway through. The first turn, all of the orders that I gave to all of my guys was the aimed fire order, which is the plus one to hit with their shooting attacks. They didn't move. They didn't assault up. They didn't fight in close combat. They shot because I knew that with his Tyranid army, he would advance forward and try to get to me because he was mostly close combat. So I just sat back and I fired at him. Didn't like doing it, but I, I just there wasn't really anything else I could do because I could move up and not shoot at him because I was too far away. So I thought, well, my guns are in rage. And you know what? I have this Warlord Titan. And he is a better shooter than he is a close combatter. So I'm going to shoot his weapons. So that's what I did with him. Oh, by the way, the, the super heavy, the Titanic model here, he's able to shoot all the time, even if he's in base contact with 150 Gene Stealers, which actually happened throughout the game, which looked really cool. So that's where the Titanic feet actually look like they are Titanic feet and they can stomp a whole bunch of Gene Stealers and make them die and squish like bugs underneath his feet. That was a really cool visual. I enjoyed seeing that. And that, you know, the, the, the Warhound, he was pretty good too. Um, he's power level wise. I mean, he's 60 power and you figure this guy is 232. This guy being the war, the war Lord Titan. So our four Warhounds 
equal to one war lord because it is in power level in apocalypse um, i would say that the four warhounds is better having four of those guys shooting their turbo laser destructors and their plasma annihilators i think that would be better than having one of these massive guys now that being said their wounds aren't as high i think they're one of they 16 wounds or something um, but the war lord titan has a crazy amount of wounds He's got like 60-something. And you know what? Because I just did it yesterday, I, I really should remember it, but I don't. Because I don't remember it, I am going to look it up and I'm going to tell you exactly how many wounds he had because it's different than the amount of wounds he has in 40K, but it's still very high. It's high enough that you you basically just want to ignore him and not spend your energy trying to shoot at him because it's 36. Sorry, it's not 60-something. 36 wounds. But here's the thing. That is, comparatively speaking, that's a huge amount of wounds because, okay, here's an example. Flying Hive Tyrant has two wounds. Yeah, has two wounds. And uh, let's see, Squad of Chaos Space Marines. Um, a squad of 20 Chaos Space Marines has four wounds. Uh, Obliterators, three-man squad had six wounds so it's all relative uh to everything uh what are my lords of skulls i think okay brass scorpion four wounds yeah it's it's not that much and just out of curiosity i gotta see how many the war the warhound had warhound had 12 wounds so it's basically triple the amount of wounds uh, on on this warlord here but it's hard Getting wounds is actually hard, especially on the Warlord because he has a four plus save. Now, when you consider you have a four plus save, whether you're rolling D6s or D12s, according to the type of blast damage you have, whether it's large or small. So that that is makes him that much more survivable. Plus, he's got this void shield special rule, which eliminates one of the blast markers in the damage phase or in the, in the saving throw phase. So that makes him more survivable as well. So we have come to the conclusion that he just needs to be ignored. That is, of course, unless you have a whole bunch of warhounds and warlords and reavers and whatever else, possibly knights, shooting at him. Then it makes sense to shoot everything at him and to take him out and make him a target priority and to focus fire everything on him. I would understand that. But if it's just a bunch of little things, just ignore them. Just, just assume that... On the other side, there's going to be a unit or two or three or whatever killed automatically every turn. But that's okay because you're bringing a lot of units. He has a lot of points. He was a third of the army, just him, because it was a big size army. Now, because, again, because it was so big, didn't get to finish it and was a shame. So that actually taught me something, though. That taught me that um, I recommend anticipating a full day of playing even if you do a larger size battle not considering playing or filming of course uh, but if you are filming either do a smaller game or plan for a couple days to play and i'll definitely be playing this again because i want to field my warlord titan again i want to see how he lasts throughout an entire game and i would like to see more damage in fact i didn't see him in close combat i would like to see him in close combat um 
we, we stopped the game before that was able to happen. But I'm okay with this. I'm okay because I know I'm going to play again. Tough years. Um, is it evening where you are? Uh, what happens if he goes, if he does go down? So if the war Lord Titan does go down, he can possibly explode. Uh, and let me just, uh, let me just tell you exactly what happens if he goes down. Oh, by the way, battle scribe, they've updated. So they have all the apocalypse rules, which made it really, really awesome for building lists and stuff. Cause when apocalypse first came out, obviously battle scribe hadn't had all the, it didn't have all the rules yet. So if you wanted to make a list, you would have to kind of do it old fashioned, do it like longhand. But I just happened to do it as this is available now. Apocalyptic Destroyer. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Okay. Reactor Overlord. This is what it is. So if dam if in the damage phase, damage must be resolved for units with this ability before damage is resolved for any other units, which is what I said. So doing that at the beginning. Um, including super heavy units. If this unit is destroyed before removing it from the battlefield, roll a d12 for each other unit. Oh, so if it is destroyed and it, you need to roll a 10 plus on a d12 to see if it's destroyed. That's how it works. So you roll a d12 for every other unit within six inches of it and on a four plus, two blast markers next to the unit uh, being uh, rolled for. So two blast markers. So a blast marker, and then there's a large blast marker. So for every two blast markers, that turns into one blast marker. Yeah, that's what happens. He is really good. And uh, he's got destroyer weapons, which mean that every wound that goes through counts as two blast markers. So it counts as one large blast. It was very satisfying, I, I just got to say. And um, I also mentioned that there are some guns that are good at shooting only infantry and good at shooting tanks. Those weapons are good at shooting everything. Yeah. Supercharge works a different way. Supercharge just means you add one to the wound roll. But you could possibly hurt yourself because if you roll a one, then you wound yourself. So that's it's kind of similar in that in that respect. But it was a lot of fun. So now looking at the chat, just for a few minutes here. Um, how long was the battle? The battle was, I mean, it was a good like five, six hours of just fumbling through the rules because had just learned them and referring to the data card. And, you know, that was the big part. It was actually looking up each unit's rules every time we were using them because everything was brand new. There wasn't an intuitive Oh yeah, well he has this and he has that. Whereas the, like in the old apocalypse, it was basically 40k rules with some added rules on top. Whereas this is a completely new rule system. It's a new game. If you if you want to play apocalypse, you got to learn a new game rule system, uh, which is fine. Just know that know that before you get into it. And I I enjoy the system because of the alternate activation in the action phase. That's the number one thing that I like about it. I think that's fun. Number two is the orders. I love giving the units orders or the detachment orders. And you can you can get a lot done in a short period of time, which might sound like it's ironic because I didn't get the game done, but that's because I did a massive size game. I did this ridiculous 18,000 point game that really it shouldn't take you two hours to do that. It should take you hours and hours to do that because of, of its scale. 
Now, if it was a regular game of 40K, then yes, it would have taken even longer. But because it was Apocalypse, it did go faster. So um, you were looking up rules digitally. Do you think that cards similar to AS would be more useful? I wasn't looking up rules. Uh, I was actually looking at the cards. And so, but the thing is, it's it's the processing time because I would pick up the card and look at it, refer to stuff. Okay, all right, let's roll this. Let's roll this, all right. All right, what's he shooting at? Okay, now we got to look up your card. Okay, all right, all right. And so, I mean, after a while, we, we got the rules down and started to remember stuff because we would think that we would remember something. We'd look it up and we'd be wrong because we'd be like, oh yeah, it's not that, it's this. And there's also, because there's regular 40K in our brains, it was messing with our minds to try to learn this because it was a bit against the grain thinking that some things were what they should be but weren't because it's a different rule system. And so that's why we had to really constantly look at the rules just to make sure that we weren't doing things overly wrong. And doing things the way they were intended to be done is also important because it had a a direct outcome on the game, on the effect of the game, what happened and what the units could do. So we had to be careful of that as well. And then we were thinking of the scenario we were playing, right? Which is, uh, there, the, there's the, the cool thing about Apocalypse is that it has these random charts that you can roll on to generate your own mission. There's also preset missions, but you can do this. And um, it has objectives, it has deployment, and it's got uh, twists, and also ruses and sudden death. So it's kind of like your own card. It's like your own open war deck, but it's in the form of tables in the back that you can roll randomly on, or alternatively, you can just choose. But rolling on it was fun because we, you didn't know what you were going to get. And, uh, you know, rolling a D12 to see which one came up was was the way to go. So that was my apocalypse experience. And I will be playing more in the future. So I do thank you for joining me today in the Shrine of Chaos. And I am actually going to make one more one more post here. Just to remind you guys that there is a giveaway next week. Uh, the link here that I've included is a link to the Instagram. And on this Instagram, it's to the post. Make sure that you click on the post. Okay, this is the Mini Wargamer Dave Instagram page. Uh, click on the post where you see me holding a box of Chaos Space Marines. And on that post, leave a comment. And the comment is Chaos Space Marines. If you leave that comment, you'll be entered into the draw next week, next Strain of Chaos, where I'll be drawing the winner of that box of Chaos Space Marines. Um, and also, if you haven't done so already, follow the Instagram so that you can be apprised of all the chaotic stuff that comes up every time, every day. Um, here's something cool I want to show you guys before I go. So take a look at this battle mat that I set up with Cullen because we are currently filming the Tau versus Chaos Path to Glory campaign, the one that I promised you guys. Man of my word, I am doing it. So we're filming it right now. We made a Trial of Champions altered version because typically you have multiple players in that one, but since it's only the two of us, we tailored it so that it made sense for the two of us. I'm looking forward to that game, which is actually happening in just a couple minutes when I end with you guys. I'm going back to that. Filmed the first game this morning and second game. So it's a total of four games thus far that have been filmed. Who knows how many will be filmed? Maybe eight, maybe more. Don't know. But that'll be fun. And also... Look out for the Open Vault video where I describe the Gate of Moloch campaign, which is coming up, which is the Chaos Death Watch campaign. Uh, 
some details regarding that in that video. Thank you very much, guys, for tuning in to this week's Shrine of Chaos, and happy wargaming.